0: Hello and welcome to or welcome back to my podcast, What About It? I'm your host, Addie. In this week's episode, we have two very special guests, my youth pastors, Lauren and Drew. have been married for six years and their relationship is very admirable to me, so I thought that I would bring them in to give some advice and insight on relationships, love, and so much more. So as a married couple... Um, obviously, y'all are in love, but what would you say is the difference between being in love and loving someone?
1: Well, I think the first thing to understand, especially if we're looking at this from a biblical worldview, is that the English word love is the culmination of four different words in the original language of the Bible. So um, love is something that we use that's synonymous with we like something or we care about something or someone. Uh, But it was a lot more nuanced back in the day. So the way I love my brother Mm
0: -hmm. is
1: like a familial friend, or the way I love my friend, it's real love.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But it's not necessarily the same way I love, you know, my wife. Like, I love (laughs) (laughs) Chick-fil-A. And I love my wife, but I don't love them the same way. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, So I think... You know, part of our culture is that the, the meaning of love has been watered down mm-hmm. over time. And so I think something I decided to do whenever I was emerging into dating relationships, even prior to dating Lauren, is I, I felt like God told me to guard the word love mm-hmm. and to only use it um, for the person that I thought maybe could be my wife one day. So mm-hmm. even my friends would be like, hey, love you. And I'd be like, thank you. Yeah. He, he
2: refused to say that to any other girl. So he would say that to his family or to his guy friends, but he would never but say I, that to a girl. Because
1: I, I was saving that
2: mm-hmm. yeah. for
1: a special and it ended up being Lauren. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's just important to um, realize that when you say it, that word is very powerful. Yeah. Um, and love in its original intention was meant to be a sacrificial mm-hmm. um love for someone that you're willing to lay down your life, your preferences uh, for the benefit of someone else. So I think I'd love your perspective on it, but that's that's where my mind went.
2: Yeah, I think think to be in love with someone is a a huge difference between loving someone and being in love with someone is the commitment part of that. Um, We often make love a noun, uh, where it's like, man, I feel like I'm in love. Like I like I have love. But love is actually a verb in the sense of I choose to love someone. Mm-hmm. It's a choice mm-hmm. that you make, not a feeling that you have.
1: It's a choice you make every day.
2: Yeah, it's a choice that you make every day um, to good. stay committed to someone. I love uh, some something that one of our pastor friends brought up to us uh, at, when he was talking about relationships is that True, the true commitment, like true love is made up of three things. It's made up of friendship. It's made up of romance, which Mm -hmm. is what we most likely associate with that. But then it's also made up of self-sacrifice. That's what Andrew mentioned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so how do I know if I'm in love with someone? Well, it's like, you know, feeling it is good. You're not always going to feel it, but it's good to Mm -hmm. feel it sometimes. Right. That's Mm -hmm. the chemistry part. Uh, are you good friends? Like, would you actually be friends with this person? Um, and then are you like fully committed to them? Are you willing to sacrifice your, your own desires, like your own selfish desires for them? And then also like, are they willing to do that for you? Are they treating you as, as a good friend would, are, you know are they you don't want it to be one dimension. No, you don't want it to be one-dimensional and I think the last thing I'll just say is uh, do they look like Jesus you know when like mm-hmm. when you're choosing if you're gonna love someone, mm-hmm. them looking like Jesus is so important and a great way to kind of like gauge that uh, is to like pull up first Corinthians 13 where it talks about like love's patient, love the love chapter. And go through that chapter, actually put that person's name in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Andrew is patient. Andrew is kind. Andrew does not boast. Like, not all of the things. It. <laughs> no. I'm on it. But, like, because you were so many of the things in, the, in that passage, yeah. that mm-hmm. showed me that you actually did look like Jesus and therefore yeah. you were someone worth choosing to love.
1: And of course, as people of faith, we're. We always lean towards scripture, but we we believe that the more you love God, Mm -hmm, the better mm -hmm. you'll be at loving someone else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to self-evaluate and ask yourself, am I in love with this person? Say it's a significant other. Mm -hmm. Or am I in lust with this person?
2: Yeah, that's good. Do I just
1: really like this person? Mm -hmm. Or do I, like, love should be reserved for people that you you at Mm -hmm. least say in your mind, this is the type of person. Mm-hmm. I could see myself being in covenant marriage relationship with.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but
1: I think I think we've done good.
2: Yeah. On this question. Sorry, I, I, I just want to say one more bonus. Thing. <clears throat> Sorry, <laughs> you can get this part out. If you're you good. Need. You're good. Um, I think one more thought I have on this. There's a scripture in Revelation two that um, Jesus is talking to a church and mm-hmm. he says, "Hey, you've done a lot of good stuff for me, mm-hmm. but I hold against you this one thing that you neglected your first love." Mm. And that scripture has always stuck out to me because for us to be in love with someone who is a believer and that's like a godly relationship, it has mm-hmm. to be that we are making sure that God is our first love mm-hmm. and that that person is mm-hmm. our second love. And that mm-hmm. the gap between yeah. the first and the second love is actually a huge gap. Yeah. So one way that I can know that I'm, I'm in love with someone and it's a godly relationship is for that, which I know we're yeah. going to talk about Godly <laughs>
1: relationships well, too. Yeah. And honest, yeah, A good question to ask yourself is, am I more in love with Jesus now that I'm dating this person than I was before?
0: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really good. That's a really good question. So you mentioned being friends with your spouse or the person that you want to date. Something that I've always heard is your husband should be your best friend or your mm-hmm. wife should be your best friend. Totally. And so just growing up hearing that, has been awesome because it's taught me so much about relationships. Just the fact that I need to always remember this person should be your best friend. And Mm -hmm. if they're not, there's a little bit of an issue there. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the love chapter. That is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. verses Mm -hmm. ever. I love reading that scripture and like even just self-evaluating and putting my own name in. Yeah. Yeah for love. That's good. That's helpful as well to make sure that I am the best version of myself. Yeah. Just being the best version of myself yeah. for me. That's really good. Is very valuable. That's
1: a really good point because I think some people want to date because they feel like they're a failure if they're not.
2: Mm-hmm. So culture wow.
1: puts pressure to say, man, you're less than if you're not in a dating relationship people mm-hmm. make fun of you for being single. Um, but how valuable would it be? to instead make it, well, I'm in a season where I'm becoming the person yeah. that mm-hmm. I want to be for my significant other. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's And good. that's people who really are wise are going to respect and support that.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. wow. Yeah. There's been a lot of like godly men that I know that have put so much pressure on being in a relationship mm-hmm. because they want to be their significant others saving grace and they Mm. want to bring them to Christ rather than it's a relationship where you both are equally yoked and you both want to make each other better but it's not like a damsel in distress situation and that's something that we talked a lot about at small group with our big brother talk Mm -hmm. that we did that was really good we call
1: that missionary dating Mm.
0: because
1: you're going into it trying to be the missionary to save them themselves, but that's a tough spot to be in.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. So before we move on to the next question, obviously y'all are married. Yes. How long have y'all been dating before marriage?
1: I was going to say, we're still, we're, I know. Still, we're still Well, dating. yeah, still dating. <laughs> but dating. Like, that's, that's something that a lot of people lose when they get married. I'm like, we're still dating.
2: Yes. But what we, as far as like the timeline of our relationship. So um, we started dating in September. Of
1: September 4th.
2: Yeah, September 4th.
1: 2016.
2: Yes. And we dated for a year and a day before we got engaged.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah. It's a funny story behind it. It was actually meant to be a year to the day, <laughs> yeah. uh, but this, you know, some rain and Hurricane Irma in Florida caused <laughs> yes. some dilemmas. Yeah. But, you know, but it was continue. so great. It
2: was a year and a day, and then we were engaged um, for about four months, a little bit less than that. Four months and four days. Yes, and um, and then we got married. So and mm-hmm. now we've been married for. Oh, like six years and, and a couple mm-hmm. of months. So mm-hmm. um, Which, I, based on
1: today's standards is, is pretty fast. Yeah. Like dating a year. And, yeah. and we weren't friends before.
2: No, not really. So
1: like we pretty much cold turkey started. Which <laughs> but, we would
2: not recommend to people, but also it I think works
1: obviously. Well,
2: for us, <laughs> but we encourage people to be friends first. I think one reason that it did work for us is because mm-hmm. Andrew and I, both had toxic relationships in high school. Mm -hmm. And so when we got out of high school, the Lord spoke to us and we didn't know each other, but the Lord spoke to both of us individually and said, Hey, I want you to take a break from dating. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't date for two and a half years and you didn't date for three, three, three years. And so I think that that season of singleness where it was just us and God actually prepared us for the relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's always like one of my questions when people are like, "Oh, I just feel like I need to be dating someone." I'm like, "Wait a second. If there's <laughs> not if God has not like brought someone amazing to you, mm-hmm. then have you prayed about if this is supposed to be a time just for you and the Lord? Because our marriage would not be what it is, and our marriage is not perfect at, at mm-hmm. all. Not at all. But our marriage would not be strong like it is if we hadn't taken that season of singleness before mm-hmm. we got in started dating and even
1: if people don't say it people that feel this constant pressure to be in a dating relationship are looking for another person to complete them
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: so it's like man I just need to find my better half I, I can't stand that language
2: because
1: you're <laughs> meant to be a whole 100% person yeah. with purpose and calling and unique gifts and personality mm-hmm. and then that 100% joins someone else's 100% yeah so mm-hmm. that feeling of feeling like you need someone to complete you is actually that's toxic thinking. Well, that yeah. feeling
2: of you needing someone to complete you—you you actually do, and his name is Jesus, right? And right. so, like that hole that we're feeling uh, is is mostly actually our need for God. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a desire in most people to have a relationship. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. But yeah. if we're feeling like we're not complete, yeah. that specific feeling is like literally our souls crying out for our Creator.
1: Because then, when you're married. Like, more than anything I do as a pastor, our marriage is our greatest witness to the world. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. how much God loves them mm-hmm.
2: and how much mm-hmm. grace
1: he has for them. And so the gear shifts where your marriage becomes your greatest impact yeah. on the world. The people to see that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so sweet. Yeah.
2: So, how did y'all meet? Like, so, like, seriously. You hear people say often, like just serve God, and then He'll bring you to the person.
1: That's it, it, legitimately it, it, it what works. happened. It
2: <laughs> so we were both in school and uh, at at college, and then we we're interning like here at the church. Mm-hmm. And um, he started serving in kids ministry, and I was already serving in kids ministry. And we had actually like been in the same office building for a year. And we had had classes we together, but we never talked. And we really think it was because we were both knew that we weren't supposed to date. So we just, yeah. like, weren't really heart. talking to, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like I I don't even know that we even really had a lot of, like, guy friends. Like, I didn't have a lot of guy friends. He didn't really have a lot of, like, friends that were girls. Or yeah, poor. I was a punk.
1: Yeah. I was, like, so devoted to not, you know, <laughs> yeah. dating or anything. I was, yeah. yeah.
2: So, uh, <laughs> so, then he started serving in... The kids ministry, and um, do you want to take it from there?
1: Yeah, she was she was my boss, pretty much <laughs> in kids don't... ministry. She was my boss. Yeah. You know, I'd be I'd, I'd preach in the kids ministry, and and she'd be like, "Hey, you need to work on this," and like you need to work on your posture and your inflection and your body language. And and I literally the first thought in my mind was like, "Oh my goodness, she makes me better," and that was the original thought. Um, and then after much deliberation with all my guy friends back at the dorm, i was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna shoot the shot." So. Through a mutual friend, I found out what her favorite Starbucks drink was, which was a grande iced white mocha with light ice and no whip. And so I got that, picked it up at five in the morning, I put it on ice, and I left it on her desk because I knew she had rehearsal that morning at six in the morning. So when she got up to her desk, there was her favorite drink, iced, with a note that said the cheesiest most awesome thing ever. It said, the first coffee is on me. But the second one, we have to get together.
0: So she, that is so cheesy, she, but I love it. She
1: was wearing She was wearing a dress that day, like a, like a summer dress. She came down, um, and she walks up all confident. Of course, I'm like losing my ever loving mind because uh, I'm like this, this pretty woman guy. I haven't talked to a girl in like three years, you know. Like, as, <laughs> um, and she she came up, and she was like, "All right, where and when?" Of course, I hadn't thought that far ahead because I I was like, "Oh my goodness," she said yes. And I, you know, I'm trying to act cool. I'm like, "Hello, we meet at Fresh Market." Um, the next day, and so we did that, and we talked for like four and a half hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, I. And then I after after, after to... she said yes, I went to the next room and like double fist pumped and like screamed with joy. Well, after
2: our first date, a funny fact is that I thought he friendzoned me. <sighs> oh. Because we okay. talked for okay. like wait end quote.
1: Me. Do I, I, no, end quote.
2: Let, me, let me let me say. So he. <laughs> What I thought he said. Thank you. Well, because we talked for four and a half hours. We did. And we had a mm-hmm. great time. Um, and then he, what I thought he said was, uh, it was so great to hang out with you. Like, I, 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 I can't wait to be friends. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, that's a bummer.
1: I literally said, I want to get to know you more and just become friends first.
2: And I did not hear the first.
1: Oh. I did not hear the
2: first. So it was I just went, like
0: the ears were already yes, off. You're yeah. like, oh, my darn. So
2: then, we, so then I went back to my dorm, and I was like, well, I really thought it went great, and but so, he friend-zoned me. Yes. And so
1: I pursued you.
2: Yes. You did a great job of um, that. Um,
1: you know, <clears throat> gifts, words of affirmation, creative mm-hmm. dates, cheap ones because I was a college student. We tried to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And, and that's also, I think, the art of courting and pursuing of, uh, of a guy, you know, whatever you can constitute is like authentic chivalry, yeah. not sarcastic chivalry, um, mm-hmm. but really pursuing someone is a is a fading practice that needs to be revived.
2: Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and just to touch on that. Like, there are there are essentially three needs that every woman has, and mm-hmm. three needs that every guy has, and this is all from um, a... Guy book called Wild at Heart and a girl book called Captivating. They're written Incredible. by the same people. Yeah, they're great books. John Elch. and the three needs that every man has is uh, an adventure to go on, a beauty to rescue,
1: mm-hmm. and what's mm-hmm. the other one? A battle to fight. A battle
2: to fight. Thank you. And then for a woman, it's every woman has has a desire to be romanced, to mm-hmm. to play an irreplaceable role in a great adventure. Uh, into an unveiled beauty to the world, and so there's that dynamic of like a woman desires to be romanced, mm-hmm. uh, and a guy desires to romance, <laughs> yeah. essentially like to like a beauty to to rescue kind of thing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in a healthy relationship where Jesus is at the center of those things, mm-hmm. you can do that in healthy ways, and you actually end up meeting each other's need in mm-hmm. in those things. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Can you expand a little bit more on the beauty to save and the battle to fight for guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to expand on this?
1: Yeah, um, so guys do have this sense of innate, um, almost desire to protect someone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a natural drive uh, to achieve and conquer and. Something or for someone, some a mm-hmm. cause, um, and I do believe that most people. I don't think it's universal, but um, that's why guys tend to um, instinctively want to protect and fight for their family. Mm-hmm. Um, fight, you know. Again, it, it, I don't want to put any person in a box and say this is just the way people are, mm-hmm. but um, it's been my experience that, like, um, when it came to a beauty to romance and a battle to fight. It's like I was fighting for our future relationship and Mm -hmm. the way I was pursuing her. Um, But I I also think, you know, to anyone that's listening, that's a that's a woman, and especially anyone that has faith, like according to the Bible, you're you're a daughter of the King. Yeah. And I I try to teach a lot of young women this. It's like you're worthy of being pursued and honored and respected in that way. Mm -hmm. And if you are a daughter of the King, I know it's like. It's funny to say, but it's a real principle. is like, if you're a daughter of the king, don't settle for a peasant.
2: Yeah. Because you mm-hmm. deserve
1: a prince. Yeah. A prince is going to pursue you and honor you for who you are. And I think that's a big thing. It's like someone someone that will love you for who you are, not for what you do. Yeah. They mm-hmm. find you most beautiful um, for the who you are, not the what you do, or even the way you yeah. look.
2: Yeah. And <clears throat> I would say like a prince in that scenario, and again, it's cheesy language, but a prince mm-hmm. is not going to be perfect. But he is going to look a lot like Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so that's, like, really how to tell mm. if that guy's a prince. Is he pursuing you and does he look like Jesus? Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think I think with those three things for guys and girls, um, that doesn't mean all men are going to, like hang out with swords and, like, yeah. be all, ma- you know, like, that's that, that, great. I'm like swords. But, but genuinely, like, like. that doesn't mean that, like, you can be super artsy or have different yeah. interests and still be a guy that, like, it's wants like to why, pursue. Why, why do
1: I like cold plunges? I, baths, I don't know because it's climbing. actually
2: crazy. Running like,
1: marathon is a 28-year-old. It's like, it's I want, I want a battle to battle the fight. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not racing for any achievement. I'm just, like, I want to do hard things on purpose. I don't know what it is in me that wants to do that, but I want to do that. I want to be a part of a worthy cause. Mm-hmm. And so for example, you translate that to a healthy marriage. If you want a healthy marriage, you have to fight for it. Yeah. It's true. Um, and so that's just yeah. built in yeah. wiring.
0: Okay, but cold
2: plunges? <laughs> yeah. What? I don't yeah. understand that either. But Yeah.
1: Submerging thyself in sub 45 degree water for but the funny thing 5 is, to 15 minutes. The
2: funny thing about that is then he comes inside and he's like so cold. I and I'm like. Of course, not, you're I don't cold. say
1: I'm cold. I say I'm literally shaking and shivering.
2: I know you are. For
1: anyone that cares, it's good for your metabolism, it's good for <laughs> yeah. blood circulation, it's good for immune support. Yeah. Like, it, and, it, and it also burns calories and um, also builds discipline. So, hmm. for anyone that wants to get in a cold body of water. Power big, Do thank hard you. On, thank you for
2: that on the other not hand,
0: over. I once did a cold plunge and I got the flu immediately after. <laughs> oh, not no. saying that the two are correlated. <laughs> it has been
1: scientifically proven that cold exposure is not related to getting any sort of virus or bacterial infection. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and the reason that people get more sick in the winter is because they're inside more and it percolates all the germs in your house. And that's why you get sick more, not because it's cold.
2: Okay, thank Wonderful. you. Thank
0: you for that. Interesting. Doctor. That's actually really interesting. I've never heard that.
1: Let's another podcast on crazy facts you maybe didn't
0: know. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. I'm full of
1: it. <laughs> I
0: bet. Okay, so y'all spoke a little bit on having a healthy marriage and keeping Jesus at the center and God at the center of your marriage. So, how would you say that y'all personally maintain a godly marriage and relationship?
2: Mm. Yeah, so I think. One of the ways that we do that is by doing things individually to keep God first at the center mm-hmm. of our hearts, mm-hmm. even before our, mm-hmm. our relationship together. So, for example, um, in the mornings, first thing that Andrew and I do pretty much is spend time with Jesus and get in the Word, journal, um, spend time in prayer and worship. Um, and that is... Absolutely, in our whole lives, that is the key ingredient to us having a good marriage. Mm-hmm. Because I act more like Jesus when I spend time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm a better wife to Andrew because I act more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I think like, that's a big key for us as individuals. And, too, we prioritize like what we call like a Sabbath, which is essentially a break from work and a break from craziness rest, to rest and on on our Sabbath day, which is for us as Fridays, we spend longer time with Jesus to really like hear from him and then we spend longer time together and make that a priority. We um,
1: talk about what we believe God was saying what we learned in the Bible.
2: Yeah. And I think that conversation is really a key mm-hmm. thing too is to ask each other, Hey, what are you hearing from the Lord? Um, so that it's not just my relationship with God or his relationship with God, but there is like overlap and praying together and talking about that.
1: Ultra practical. I believe in counseling and marriages. Yeah. So mm-hmm. getting individual or couples counseling, people think counseling is only for crises. It's not. It's for maintaining health. Mm-hmm. Another thing is having a mentor network of couples that you hang out with maybe once a month yeah. that are in a, a season of life that's ahead of you. Uh, maybe like for us, we'd want to hang out with someone that has kids so that whenever like, we're mm-hmm. learning from them about that future season, mm-hmm. having men and women of God and, and couples in your life that are committed to investing in you and that you can reach out to, like, we've done that two weeks back-to-back with couples that we yeah. know and trust and that are praying for us. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's really important as well. And I think also um, taking moments to affirm and forgive each other.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's really there's, good.
1: There's moments this week I've... I failed to be a good hus- husband and if you just throw that in the closet and then just let it build up over time it can snowball and blow up mm-hmm. um, but being like hey when you did this it made me feel this way yeah. then I can say I didn't know I'm so sorry I did not intend to do that Yeah. there's the affirmations that are the opposite of what you felt when I did that so um, mm-hmm. being honest with each other and trusting each other to bring up things that are hurtful or yeah, like
2: that. Yeah that's good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that those things are great I think something to realize is that I think we assume that if God is at the center of our relationship, that means we're not going to fight. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Um, there will still be conflict in moments, you but...
1: want to fight fair.
2: The, yeah. You want to fight fair. And the difference is that instead of fighting against each other, you're fighting for each other.
1: That's and
2: good. that is a mm-hmm. huge difference. And so, I, th- I think a key within that, when it comes to like conflict in your relationship and making sure Jesus is at the center is to stay in a consistent habit of praying together. Um, mm-hmm. When you pray together every day, it is really hard to, like, yell at the person that you just prayed with.
0: <laughs> That's true. So,
2: like, like, just very practically. And mm-hmm. there's, there's more room for grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. um, when you are praying for each other. It's also just great for me as a wife to be hearing the voice of God for my husband and vice Mm -hmm. versa it's like I should be echoing things that God is saying over him Mm -hmm. and he should be echoing things that God is saying over me so I think prayer is a big key and it might be I don't know if you agree with this but it might be Like the most important thing that you could do in your marriage is to pray Mm -hmm.
0: with each other consistently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you believe in counseling, whether it's individual or couples, Mm -hmm. either way. I know of some personal Christians that don't believe in counseling or seeking medical help Mm -hmm. for things yeah so what is y'all's thought process on that
1: yeah um so getting counseling from a licensed professional counselor like lpc is different than going to a neurologist or being prescribed medication for or a psychiatrist yeah yeah. for anxiety depression and different things like that Mm -hmm. um i believe there's not a blanket statement to say either is right or wrong I think some people have genuine chemical imbalances that are discovered or undiscovered that require um, help um, in mm-hmm. order to maintain a healthy mental state. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to counseling, especially Christian counselors, mm-hmm. they are essentially there to promote self-discovery and forgiveness and um, healing, and they point you to scripture. Yeah. So like our counselor is a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what's really happening here is a a third party mm-hmm. who is a who becomes a faithful friend um, that is facilitating healthy conversations. And I don't under, I don't see why anyone would be against something like that. Yeah. But I think all of it needs to be wrapped in prayer. And sometimes mm-hmm. you'll find a counselor, and you're like, I don't think this is our person,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you find someone that you feel peace about. Being your counselor.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people are against counseling because they had a bad experience with one counselor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's kind of like churches. Like mm-hmm. it, w- a lot of people don't go to church because they have a bad experience at one church, yep. and it's like, mm-hmm. wait a second, there might be a church literally next door that is actually going to be a place of healing for you Mm -hmm. but because of your previous hurt you won't step in and that's really Mm -hmm. hard that's a hard thing to get over in your own heart if that's something you're struggling with I think counseling Mm -hmm. can be the same way but I always encourage people to shop counselors Mm -hmm. like give it one or two tries with one person and if it doesn't work switch and I think on the subject of mental health specifically when it comes to chemical imbalances and things are suggestion to people if they're looking for help with mental health is to always start with a counselor Mm -hmm. because then a counselor can help you decide if you need to seek medical treatment or go see it like a psychologist Mm -hmm. um or or more of like a therapist that can actually um Mm -hmm. that can actually prescribe and the reason I tell people that is because oftentimes things are physical and spiritual Mm -hmm. and emotional Like there are three layers of our lives. That is like the physical side. That's like the like that's like brain chemical all of that. Mm -hmm. There's the emotional. That's like all of our trauma. That's like everything we've been through in our lives. That's all of our feelings. And then there's also the spiritual side, which is like Mm -hmm. the um, things that we believe about God and the things that we believe about ourselves and the work that we're allowing Mm -hmm. Jesus to do in our life. So mental health is a conglomeration of all three of those things. Mm -hmm. And if we only seek out um, a psychologist, then we're only addressing the physical aspect, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit of the emotional aspect, but we're not addressing the spiritual aspect. And so I think it's really important to start with counseling. And then, uh, then if that, you know, if you continue to have issues or your counselor recommends it, then go to like the physical stuff because all three of those layers need to be addressed, but mm-hmm. I think our culture usually only addresses the physical. Yeah, because
1: yeah. even people and the
2: church usually only addresses the spiritual. The spiritual. They don't they don't address all pieces either, and mm-hmm. so we really do need all three in place. Case in
1: point: someone um, is diagnosed as having insomnia, and so they get medication to help them sleep. Mm-hmm. But the issue isn't that they had insomnia; it's that they wouldn't put down their phone. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling to sleep, I can't sleep, I need medication. It's like, no, you need a screen time lock.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like, sometimes it's, you actually just need wise counsel and wisdom and yeah. self-discipline, not uh, mm-hmm.
0: medical
1: help.
2: Yeah. yeah, and to understand how your, fa- your past has affected your present and all of those mm-hmm. things too. So.
0: That's good. So you talked about praying together. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people who are not married should also pray together? Or do you think that that is Mm. a little bit too much of a connection? Or not connection, but...
2: I think that there's a difference between praying together Mm -hmm. and having your time with the Lord together. Mm -hmm. So I think any... You can say something if you disagree, but I think any couple can pray together. I think that that's Mm -hmm. great. But there should be a part of your time with the Lord that mm-hmm. is specifically for you and Jesus. And I think that's where there does need to be a separation. Like, even for Andrew and I, even now, we don't spend our time with Jesus together. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is because we want to make sure that our first love is our first love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's our second good. love isn't getting in the way of that. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it would be wise to spend some time with Jesus apart. But I don't think that there's any problem talking about the Bible together or praying together, or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Go a different angle on this. Okay, go, <laughs> go for it. I, I think having a spiritual moment together does something on the emotional and relational level mm-hmm. that is very underestimated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And so I think praying together should be treated as seriously as like a first kiss. Mm-hmm. So it's like I mean, if you're not seriously interested in growing in relationship with this person, you may not want to um, to do that because you're still f- feeling things out. It's like mm-hmm. prayer should be taken pretty seriously, especially when you're praying for one another. It's a very it's a very intimate and spiritual thing, mm-hmm. um, and so bonding your relationship together in that way with prayer is just um, again, God calls us to guard our heart above all else. Mm-hmm. A part of that is not just the the physical; it's also the spiritual. Mm-hmm. So. I would say more caution on that than is normally accepted or expressed would be wise, mm-hmm. but that's just me.
0: Yeah. So to take it a step further, what do you think about Bible study before marriage?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bible study is like if you're looking at the Word of God and sharing what you're learning. Um, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily
0: mm-hmm. too
1: big of a deal. Um, because you want to see if you're, uh, what would be the word, compatible in the way that you guys are growing in your faith. Like, I I need to know the spiritual depth of my significant other. Yeah. Um, and feeling that out through through Bible study is, is just a cool practice. Plus, I, I would do that with anyone. I'm always telling people God's speaking to me um, and wanting to do Bible study. So I, I wouldn't fear that. Like, just like you said with marriage, I think there is something really special about prayer, though.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like
1: that moment where you're inviting awareness of God's presence in that moment and praying together but, but Bible study I'm like for some reason I don't feel the same way
2: yeah and I think when I was talking about prayer I was specifically referring to like light prayer <laughs> if that makes sense but I do agree that prayer is very spiritual and I think that with with Bible study and or anything that's spiritual mm-hmm. it's, it is the question that he just mentioned like hey what have you heard from God recently and mm-hmm. The person that you're interested in should absolutely have something new that they're hearing from God frequently. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be like, oh well, this is what pastor said last week or Mm -hmm. oh this is like what this is this is what I heard, but it's actually the same thing that they said last month. You know? Mm -hmm. It's like they should be hearing from the Lord on an active basis and that kind of reveals to you if they do have a personal relationship with the Lord that's like super active. So Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. That's good. So the last topic that I did want to cover with y'all is just the overarching topic of red flags. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, everyone has red flags and it's okay to look past some things, but what are y'all's thoughts on looking out for red flags when you do love someone or you're starting to fall in love with someone?
1: It's a really hard question, because <laughs> I think some people have grace for things that other people don't. Mm-hmm. So you need to ask yourself, how much do I have uh, grace for? And um, I, I think God can redeem anything. Mm-hmm. So like, um, and God can change anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, wisdom would say, because I think there's two different ways to look at this. What is their past? Yeah, and what are their patterns right now? Mm -hmm. Those are
2: two very different things. And
1: so, like, it's easier to have grace for things from the past because they've healed, they've grown, they're redeemed, they're a new person, Mm -hmm. they're not who they used to be, quote unquote. Yeah. So there's grace is easier to have with that. Um, But if you if you're seeing current patterns, even as you're in an emerging relationship, Mm -hmm. you need to ask yourself, like, okay, whatever I'm seeing on a dating level is going to be amplified and exposed to the nth degree once I'm living with that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I'm always seeing the surface of like the real thing. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, say you're, you're dating someone and you know they're a quote-unquote gamer. Mm-hmm. And you know they game with their friends. This is a really like simple, low-key example. Mm-hmm. You need to understand the fact that it's very likely that that pattern will emerge as you're wanting quality time, mm-hmm. or you want to go to bed at the same time, and that person is like, no, they're going to be gaming like six, eight hours a day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I think past stuff versus present patterns are very important things to look like. Look at red flags um, for me would be, I was watching very closely how she treated her family. Yeah. Okay. I was watching for red flags there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching how she was a friend to her current friends, like her best friends. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be her best, best friend, I care about the way she treats her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching the things that make her frustrated I was walking, watching things that make her passionate um, and so identifying some of those things and just realizing that again everything you see is just going to be amplified the good and the bad Yeah. because mm-hmm. when you're married and your life are suddenly interlinked and overlapped with someone you're like oh I thought it was like this issue was only this it turns out that's like a thing mm-hmm. um, and so yeah I don't want to get yeah. too specific because I know everyone's Levels are different of what they have grace for. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I think I think that marriage is a great magnifier, mm-hmm. as Andrew said, um, for sure. And I I think too, you know, he mentioned patterns. Issues aren't really issues until they're a pattern. Like mm-hmm. it's not a problem mm-hmm. until there's a pattern of them. Um, so you do want to watch that. I I also just think though, like some common. Maybe red flags to look at is, is this person like respecting your physical boundaries? Mm-hmm. Do they care about physical boundaries? Are
1: they talking about it?
2: Are they talking about physical if boundaries? Not, if you're not mature
1: enough to talk about it, you're not a ma- mature enough to be dating. Yes,
2: yes. Mm-hmm. Physical boundaries. Do they have accountability in their life? Like that's a mm-hmm. huge one. I think for girls looking for guys, a big one is pride, mm-hmm. um, and selfishness. So like I'll say, to the very end of time the biggest reason that I fell in love with Andrew is because of how humble and teachable he was. Mm -hmm. I knew that even when he made mistakes that he would always learn from them and Mm -hmm. that he would always listen to God to know that like Mm -hmm. God was going to teach him how to grow um, Mm -hmm. in the future. And Mm -hmm. so I think pride and humility are huge to look for. Like pride is definitely a red flag and I think the other thing just to note for girls is I think girls think that we can fix the red flag. Mm-hmm. We just do. That's like one of our common traits. 100%. Uh, for most women that I know. And mm-hmm. I would just encourage you um, like, the guy is not going to get better in that red flag after marriage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to get worse. Worse. And God so. Can do anything. God can do anything, but do you really... That's the
1: core thought that drives people to think
2: Yes. That Here's the thing. God can do anything, but people have a choice to make. And if that guy's not mm-hmm. choosing growth before marriage, he's not going to cho- choose growth after marriage. That's
1: exactly what attracted me to you is you were always getting better. Thank you. So were passionate so about were growth. You. So were you. Um, and then also, and that really was the thing. Not only was she growing and getting better, she was also making me want to get better. So there was, mm-hmm. like, a, a spurring one another on yeah. and challenging each other in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you're beautiful and love people well, and you yeah. did the same calling, so there's a lot going. going I fast. also think <laughs>
2: talking to, like, your friends mm-hmm. and family members, like, your small group leader, your pastor, whatever, mm-hmm. and letting them into the relationship and letting them help you getting their perspective on if they're red flags, Mm-hmm. I think is really helpful what um, about beige to seek. Flags. Beige flags don't matter. Yellow and red is what we're really <laughs> looking for. A beige flag is like, does he put the dishes away? Okay, that you can have a conversation about. That's whatever. But a red flag is like, is he texting other girls? Like that's. It's a little bit red, and, than red <laughs> and beige are oh. very different.
1: Yeah, red flag for me would be. If my significant other is comfortable with texting someone of the opposite sex in a one-on-one text conversation, yeah.
2: mm-hmm. I'm like no, mm-hmm. it's a red flag. Yep, if they're if they're sharing intimate parts of their life with anyone of the opposite gender, mm-hmm. that's definitely well, a red like, flag.
1: Lauren and I, like, I never text like an adult um, person without that's a woman without her in it. So, guess like, I send like 30 group texts. I need mean, to text different volunteers and notice she's in like every single one.
2: Yeah, yeah, especially. I'm just blowing up her phone. <laughs> well, and that's we we also don't ride in the car with the opposite gender mm-hmm. well, because
1: no, we don't. One-on-one. We don't share food one-on-one with someone of the opposite sex.
2: Oh, you mean like going out to eat with
1: them? Well, like literally even...
2: (laughs) And like we would... Literally
1: even coffee. We're like...
2: Yeah, we won't go have coffee. That's like an intimate thing
1: that's like... That's that's for you and me. Now, if we're with...
2: If we're with a friend group and I want one of like Ryan's french fries I would take it like that's not what we're saying we're saying like I wouldn't yeah I was really
0: confused at first I was like not even sure no
2: no (laughs) he means we won't
1: don't touch my guacamole no
2: that's not what he (laughs) what he means is like we won't go have coffee with someone Mm -hmm. of the opposite gender we will even be careful with praying with people of the opposite Mm -hmm. gender now Mm -hmm. i do believe that like he can pastor girls and i can pastor guys Mm -hmm. but we never do that in a setting where we're alone with them and when it comes to with teenagers Mm -hmm. we always include another guy or girl when praying over teenagers, just to be careful. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, all about to say we're very careful with people of the opposite gender because mm-hmm. our marriage matters too much. And something that pastor sacred. it's so sacred. And something that Pastor Chris says that I love is that no matter how great of a person you are, no matter how long you've been following Jesus, you are one mistake from losing everything. And yeah. so I just feel like because mm-hmm. I'm I'm always one bad decision from losing my marriage. And so I refuse to even let myself get close to making a bad decision. The
1: moment you think you're invincible is when you're at your most vulnerable. Yeah, yeah.
2: You're
1: Mm -hmm. Superman.
2: No matter how long you've been following Jesus, Mm -hmm. all of that. So, yeah, sorry we got intense.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, you're good. I love it. I did want to circle back to how you said it's not a problem until it's a pattern. Mm -hmm. Because I think that so many people, and I'm definitely guilty of this as well, But just writing people off after the first time they make a mistake and just being like, oh, well, that's the kind of person that they Mm -hmm. are. Got to walk away. Yeah. But noticing whenever it's a pattern can really help to know when you need to walk away. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've been in relationships where it was a pattern, but I just kind of ignored it. But then there were other times where even in a friendship, I would notice one single red flag and I'd be like, oh, well, I'm out. Mm. So I think that that's definitely a good thing to notice when it's a pattern. And also just recognizing what is your red flag. Like you were saying, where do you draw the line? Yeah. What will you allow grace for? And I think that that's really good to hear. And I'm really grateful that y'all were able to sit down and have a little chat. I oh, yeah. will definitely have to have you all back soon.
2: Thank you much. Yes, we're honored.
0: <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for sitting down and talking and thank you so much for listening. I hope that you all enjoyed and I'll see you soon.